Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Welcome to a Fab Wednesday and another Busy Mumsy Podcast chat. Ah, Ashley here. I'm excited. Can you tell? I've had a lot of coffee. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm so excited about today's guest. I haven't chatted with her in a minute. We keep up with each other on the socials, but we haven't had a proper chat in quite some time. Nikki James is an absolute Broadway babe and mega headliner. She won the Tony Award for her featured actress role in Book of Mormon. And then she essentially just went on to like dominate Broadway and just, you know, just be in everything. I mean, it would take like a good hour to get through her resume. (laughs) I'm so excited to go down memory lane with her and also hear about her journey as a first time expecting Busy Mumsy. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy chat. Before we get started with this week's show, I want to give so much love to our Busy Mumsy podcast sponsor, Bump Date. Bump Date is transforming the way we embrace our pregnancy with the first ever mobile app, allowing close friends and families to support expecting parents while they share their expected due dates, pregnancy timelines, gift registry links, baby names, and so much more in a private, streamlined way. Unlike other apps with due date calculators, Bump Date has an easy-to-read trimester meter and real-time pregnancy calculations by number of weeks and days. While the app predominantly targets pregnant women and parents, it's also a way for family and friends to intimately follow along their journey and remember to check in during those milestone moments. To download the app and learn more about Bump Date, head to the link in the Busy Mumsy show notes. Now let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chats. Nikki James, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Hi. I mean, I slapped on a dress for you. When you have a Tony winner in the house, I am sorry. Got to get dressed up. You, you do. You, you really, ha- I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't wash my hair. Didn't wash my hair <laughs> but I put on a dress for you. And that's a big step because I'm normally just in spandex. And you know this because... You and I met at Physique 57 back in the day. My gosh, that's right. A million years ago. A million years ago, back in the day, we were pulsing and squeezing at that bar. We were. And I remember a handful of nights in Washington Heights watching some TV with... uh, Oh, gosh. In the Heights. I, you know what? I love and miss that apartment. That that was like such the steal. Can I just say that I had a two-bedroom upper um good up in washington heights and it was um colonel robert mcgaw place oh that's right yeah mcgaw yeah. that's 1, right 1500 bucks 1500 bucks 
for those a, prices would not exist anymore. Yeah, like a real true two bedroom apartment. I had that. I had that lovely apartment for like eight years, and like it was the best. Like I love that place. But anyways, enough about me and my Washington Heights apartment. Let's just talk about you and expecting your first little baby. How far along are you, Nikki? I'm almost thirty four weeks. Um, the joke is like, um, I'm such, I'm the worst mom. So I have, I have this little like thing that my, a friend of mine gave me. Can you see that? And it's yeah. like behind, it says 32. <laughs> I can't <laughs> remember. You, it's a true statement of baby brain, right? <laughs> well, I've been trying, I mean, we've been just getting so much accomplished and so much done. My husband and I are trying to enjoy our time together. And listen, the laundry is done now. The laundry yeah. is official. Um, so, like, you have to have the laundry done before you give birth, to Nikki. Come on, washing baby clothes, literally washing baby clothes. Um, uh, yeah. So we've been just trying to get a lot done and and visit with friends and take advantage of summer in the city. Our last like sort of free summer where we can just get in the car and go. And uh, and so I'm a little behind on on some of the like you know, charting stuff. But that doesn't mean I don't know how far along I am. I'm almost 34 weeks. I'll be 34 weeks tomorrow. Oh, goodness. Give yourself grace. There's so many things to worry about and this, that, and the other. And this is what it is. How has your journey been? Was it an easy journey for you to become pregnant? Or was was it a year or two in the making kind of deal for you and your husband? Well, I will say that we got pregnant very easily. Um, but deciding to have a child was a really long journey for the two of us. So, um, you know, some people have the reverse where they know they want it and they have more trouble. And we had, we had a long considered conversation over the course of maybe, um, probably a year and a half. So we got married relatively late. I was already 37 when my husband and I got married. We met when we were 33. And I was in the middle of, still am, still am in the middle of, a, you know, really busy career, really pushing and, um, and trying to work as much as I can and, and, and make art and be creative. And, um, and he and I had decided sort of at the beginning of our relationship that kids weren't really in the picture for us. They weren't in the, they weren't in the plan. I have two nephews who I am so obsessed with and (laughs) spend a lot of time with. And the beginning of our relationship was long distance. My husband lived in London um, and I was living in New York. We dated long distance for two years before he moved here. So, and we had this sort of like, we had this Um, we have this relationship where we love to travel and enjoy experiences together, restaurants and that kind of stuff. And so it just felt like this wasn't in the cards for us. And we were both really content with that decision. And then the pandemic happened and the two of us. A lot of things in perspective, right? Just a lot. It It changed our dynamic. We were locked in an apartment together, a small ish, not small compared for New York standards, but smallish apartment. And I was not working at all. And we had a summer that first summer where we just spent so much time just together and creating fun for ourselves in our little, you know, thousand square feet. And then I spent a lot of time with my nephews, which, you know, when you're a busy working actress, it's really hard to find time for family um, and extracurriculars. And I think that really 
um, started our minds going. And then we just spent a year talking about it and thinking about it and, you know, revisiting the conversation and, um, and truly like what, one of the other things that happens is that I, I suffered a miscarriage in June of 2021. And that really had another thing of really sort of putting in perspective that we knew we wanted to become parents. Mine was along the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I had my DNC around that time. Yeah, same. It was, it was, um, it was, again, it was one of the situations where we weren't, we weren't really trying. And like, yeah, you weren't like, like, you know, the whole regimen of, you know, what you're doing right now, like how big is the child now and all yeah. those types of things. It's like, you weren't doing the type of regiment that a lot of, a lot of couples do. And I high five them for it, but I'm with you. I, Ricky and I were very much not on that path with Adia nor were we on that path when I had found out that we were expecting baby number two. I mean, I definitely got knocked up on Adia's birthday. I mean, I, <laughs> I actually think we that we it. Like, high five and I literally like, yeah, we did the deed on Adia's first birthday and I got knocked up. That's how that all went down. So <laughs> it just, you know, this happened. It does. And I think, you know, I'm, tr I'm tr I try really hard to be candid about it because as soon as you know, having this podcast and being so public about your miscarriage or, you know, sharing with, with loved ones and et cetera, is that like, it's so common and it, the experience is different for every single person, of course, and everyone has different feelings about it. Some people maybe have a sense of relief and some people have a, a real sense of loss. And, and then of course, like just the way it plays out medically is different for every single person. And the effects on your life going forward for, for me, months, you know, like many months of elevated hormone levels. And it was, it was really sort of, it was pretty brutal. And, and to be silent about something you're going through with people you right. care about felt like, um, like the opposite of what, <laughs> of who I am. And, um, and it just felt not helpful. Um, so then so we had that miscarriage. We, we, I healed. I spent a summer like really doing great work therapy and starting um, other regimens like doing acupuncture, um, things like Which that. Just like just to take care of myself for, for miscarriage and to fall pregnant and all of that. I mean, acupuncture is like gold dust for your body when it comes to that. And and honestly, like, so I think acupuncture works hundred percent. But the thirty five minutes of just quiet with once a week oh yeah that part <laughs> I mean you don't even realize how um how much stimulus you have in your life all the time until you have you know not forced but you know like planned rest and when we decided to start trying again um again it happened very fast so it happened on the you know our very first cycle and it was I was just starting rehearsals for Suffs at the Public Theater. So I was in the middle of, um, you know, I was in the middle of a vocal rehearsal and I had like a, like just like singing and I had a thought and I was like, oh, I think, well, yeah, I think I just ovulated. So, and then two weeks later there was a pregnancy test. So like, or, you know, a week later we had a positive test. So I did my entire first trimester and a little bit of my second trimester um, doing a musical on stage in two and a half inch heels and a corset. 
That had to feel, I was going to say maybe freeing, but then again, you just, you just rocked in there, a corset. So maybe not so freeing. <laughs> um, I certainly felt super human. Um, and I had a very, um, as, as, as far as it goes, I had a very easy first trimester, not a ton of nausea. Yeah. But what but was it, was it mentally though for you coming from having a miscarriage and then going through kind of the rigmarole of that and, yeah. you know. It, and then you find out that you're pregnant again and you're working and you're wearing the corset and you're wearing yeah. the lotus. I mean, like, how does that then, how does that sit for you when you're in front of hundreds of thousands of people every night <laughs> performing and you've got like little nugget growing? I, there was something really, I, I, so I'm having a girl, we know, I'm, we know, I'm, I know I'm having a girl and in hindsight, oh, get ready, get you, ready, Nikki, they She's going to flip your world upside down because I cannot wait. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah. I think, you know, a few things were happening after the miscarriage <clears throat> and the second pregnancy happening as quickly as it did. And with as much like love and consideration around it, I felt, you know, rightly or wrongly, I felt so confident that this child was meant to be here. And I felt so prepared. Like I was doing like, my diet was in check and my fitness was in check and my mind was in check and my body was in check. And of course, you know, the thing you know about miscarriages is that there's nothing a person can do that is going to stop, um, you know, an unviable pregnancy from happening at that early stage, right? So for me being busy and working on a thing, a piece that I was proud of and working with people that I loved and sharing early on with a handful of people that I could call and say, today I'm feeling a little nervous or I had a twinge of pain here and what do you think this is? You know, it's a core group of, of friends and family who I trust and I love. It felt really, um, it felt really powerful, and it felt right on that I would be sharing this, you know, this character. I was playing Ida B. Wells, who's this incredible mother herself, an activist, and who, you know, in the nineteen like teens and twenties, was juggling motherhood and horrific racism and you know, death threats, and then still like nailing it. Like I felt really inspired by her. And then of course, like there were days where I was like, I can't believe I'm going to, you know, walk up and down these steps when I feel like all I want to do is take a nap. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. That, that sleep situation really hits you hard. I have just so used to go, go, go. And like, the copious oh, yeah. amounts of coffee, you're like, oh, dear. Yeah, I had this one day we were in tech. So, I, you know, I must have been at this point, maybe 10 or 11 weeks pregnant. And we were like 30 minutes away from the break. And the public has like really nice room I could go and lay down in. And um, a handful of people at the, at the theater knew I was pregnant. So people were being really nice about making sure I had a private place to sort of lay down between rehearsal and the the morning rehearsal and the evening rehearsal. 
And I had to, I swear to you, I had to walk around in circles to prevent myself from falling asleep on my feet. Like I was like, if I sit down or stop moving, I will fall asleep. I've never, and you know what? I can imagine this is what like in two months when my kid is not sleeping at three o'clock in the morning, I can imagine that I will be doing the same thing. You know what? You should call the public up right now and just ask them. I've got a great kind of like through line at the theater. Could I just come in with my my baby girl and do the walk? And just walk. I just, it was so, I, the fatigue was real. Um, and uh, all the like, you know, hormonal changes were real. But um, it was also really thrilling to be, uh, to be doing that show while, while carrying this child. Yeah. Well, now 33, 34 weeks. Yeah. We think from that poster you have behind you. Confusing. <laughs> Somewhere in there. What are you feeling now as someone who is so unbelievably successful in a business, in, in a business that kind of can drop you at the blink of an eye, right? Yeah. And there, there, there's no sort of grace when that happens. We, um, as Broadway performers, are very replaceable, if you will, in, you know, in act, by act two, you're replaced. So oh, yeah. with that, how are you feeling coming to be this new mom, this new busy mumsy, if you will, and and then having in your mind, what about work? What about the next gig? Like what is going to happen? Well, this morning I woke up with like severe anxiety. Four job, four job offers, but okay. Yeah, no, I woke up in like a panic. I literally had to rest my hand on my chest and like, focus on my breathing and like, thank myself, literally thank myself for the anxiety and the nervousness. Cause it like allows me to be focused and, and then get up and get on the Peloton bike just to like get some energy Gotta out. Move. Gotta move. I think I'm feeling so many things. So I'm, a, I'm an older mom, you know, I'm, I'm already 41. I'm like, who cares anymore about trying to hide how old you are? It's all over the internet. I'm 41. I'm having my first child. I have an incredible career. I've had unbelievable ups and downs, you know, huge right turns. And then when I've coasted along and, and done well. And I think that like my focus on family, my focus on my relationship with my husband, especially during the pandemic, really put a lot of stuff about this business in perspective for me, um, that it's always going to be here. And that in the time that I'm waiting around and panicking and wondering like what comes next, I'm missing what's now. So that's where I hope to be. <laughs> and I, it, that's a hard place to be because you spend your entire adult life driving towards something and to take your foot off to, to make the choice to take your foot off the gas a little bit in order to make space for other things is totally terrifying and liberating. That being said, I've also in the last couple of years started directing a little bit and I have found that and writing a little bit and finding another creative outlet for myself where I can make things that doesn't require an audition and someone saying you're the right size, height, color, voice type, body type, shoe size, et cetera, et cetera, um, is also really amazing. So I think I'm just like growing in lots and lots of ways. And then there's the, and then there's the 
sad the the panic of like you know there isn't a thing i love more in the world than that feeling when you cross the threshold from the dark backstage to the light of the stage and what the transformation that that happens in your like brain your psyche your spirit when you go from being like whoever you are right now to like you plus you know like nikki plus Babalungi, like Nikki plus Eponine. And I, I don't ever want to lose that. Nikki plus a character plus a baby. Yeah. 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 Go back to that for a second. I mean that in itself, I'm like goosebumps on that. That is something that I just, I I hope you have so many videos and photos of you uh, as this character to share with your daughter. I do. Because that is so powerful. It is so meaningful. Oh, yeah. Of and your now ability to give life. Yeah. And the first time I felt her move, I was on stage singing a song. So literally, I was just like in the middle of a song, and I was like, "Oh, that's my person inside of me, like responding to probably my energy level and my." And so she clearly loves music. Obviously, she's her mother's daughter so far. So we'll oh see. My- so going to be coming out belting. I can't even handle it. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I, was, dancing, I, you know, so. I was more of, I, I was definitely a dancer first, but let me tell you, my child can carry a tune. Really? I love it. Yeah. She, I mean, I, I did nothing but like, well, like sing very softly in the bathtub every <laughs> night. Um, especially the the last, like from, from 25 weeks onwards, I was in that bathtub. Let me yeah. tell you. And I would just sing to her every night. And I swear, it, you put on a Disney Lion King, Moana, Encantu, uh, this child will belt it out. And she'll, I, she'll try to hold the end notes and just like open her mouth as wide as possible and just like shout it out. It's amazing. That like level of like, just like freedom and unabandoned, like that kids can oh. have when they're like their, their ability, well, certainly like kids ability to experience like all of the emotions to the nth degree, like joy yeah. to X, like to the nth degree, but also like sadness to the nth degree and like pain. Possibly. But like, also it's just like you, I look at her and I go, I think to myself, I just want to wrap you in bubble wrap. I want to <laughs> you like closeted from everything. I don't really want you to go to school. I want you to just like stay like this, just stay two and a half. And that's it. We're good. Like I'm solid right now. Like I got this, you got this happy. How are you feeling bringing a child into a big city into times are very Times are always different, right? And things are always changing and evolving and things have not been so great over the past few years. And how are you feeling bringing a female, a little baby girl into this crazy flipped upside down world? Um, Gosh, I mean, now I'm panicking. No, we've been thinking a lot about it. Um, Living in New York is really important to me. I love this city. Um, and I'm committed to the city. And I think that there's, there are so many magical things about being a child in a city like this, access to all kinds of activities and arts and different kinds of people, but then also access and then exposure to things that are a little less comfortable. You know, my husband and I live in midtown Manhattan and um, which is a busy area. 
so there's lots of foot traffic and um, there's been an increasing problem with uh, street drug use in, in this neighborhood and, and all over this city and all over cities all over the world. So we're not unique here. But, you know, I have moments where I think, okay, it's uncomfortable for me to walk down the street sometimes and to see someone, you know, who's in a bad way. Um, and what is this going to be like for my child? And, and I, you know, who knows, who knows if you're doing it right, wrong, or otherwise. But, you know, we do feel like we're going to try as hard as we can to stay in New York as long as we can and take it day by day. Uh, and then there's, like, the constraints of space, like, you live in New York City, even if you're spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month, you still only have, you know, 1,100 square feet in which to, you know, try to have three human beings create life. Uh, listen, I, I currently am sitting in a space that is our living room, right. and it really is Adia's room. And it's, right. I mean, I've got a Peppa Pig easel behind me. <laughs> that is the chalkboard. And I mean, it's just, it is bananas, but you know, when you do want to live, like yeah. we live in central London, we, we want to live where it's easy access to yep. this, that, and the other. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, I never, I, I was born and raised in, in West Virginia in the sticks. So like we always went to the big city and we did right. all of that. Like once you're immersed in it for years and was in New York city for 16 years, like once you're in that, it's hard to let that go and go yeah. to the suburbs. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, the grass is greener, always greener. Course, you know, you go and visit your friends and you think, oh, my gosh, you have a whole house, you have a playroom, like you just hop in the car and you don't have to worry about. And then I think like, you know, I was walking down the street just the other day and there was a random puppet show happening in the middle of some plaza. And I sat down for a half an hour and watched not just like a puppet show, like a world class, like these people were incredible artists. And I just thought, this is a city where things like this can happen. Um, this is a city where there's people with diverse backgrounds and with diverse ideas sort of pressed up against each other. Um, cities like New York, London, like sort of force you to remember your humanity. I think maybe sometimes we block it just because we need to get where we're going. Um, so we're gonna try. And um, I have, like I said, my two nephews are growing up in Brooklyn and they're the coolest kids. And my brother and sister-in-law, I'm such big fans of the way they're raising their two boys and, and they're making it work. And I have so many friends who are great examples of, of how to balance both like motherhood, working, living in the city, like all that other kind of stuff. So I, we have a ton of tons of resources. And we have people like you who are making podcasts like this so that nobody, no moms have to feel alone, you know? Well, that, that I want you to, to give your, your wise wisdom now that, you know, you are, are nearing a due date and you've gone through the journey of um, expecting. And what can you share with that busy mumsy listener who just found out they fell pregnant? Like, what to do, how to compartmentalize? What were some of the things that like really kept you like on the right path? Okay. So the first thing for me was staying moving. I'm like an active human and I'm a really, you know, like fitness and, and not just fitness for the sake of fitness, but like fitness for the sake of like my entire whole being, my, oh. my mind um, was so important to me. And so uh, staying on a workout regime 
even, you know, I gave myself a break first trimester because it was hard to just like sort of move. But walking was really important to me and finding a community and, and also just like not allowing yourself to go down these dark, bizarre paths. And I will say there were a few resources that I really loved. There's one company that's like a UK-based company. I started following them on Instagram. They're called the Positive Birth Company. And basically, they just like put videos and and testimonials of people who've had difficult but still positive birth experiences because there's so much content of like what the worst case scenario could be and if you're constantly taking in that level of like fear and anxiety like it's only yeah your adrenaline's gonna be terrible um I also started working um with another person I found you know sort of through my internet searching um a a woman named Nikki Bergen who lives in Canada and she runs this like online group called the bell method, which is like a prenatal push course. It's eight weeks. Nikki Bergen is, is on the podcast. Uh, Yeah. She's she's episode six or seven. And she helped me immensely after I had Adia, like immensely helped. She's incredible. And the amount of resources she has, she has a really great, once you join a Facebook, a private Facebook group. And I found that like, I go to those places. I'm not on like random Reddit pages saying like, I felt this pain. What does it mean? Like finding a community of people that you trust. For me also um, being older and having suffered miscarriage. I also have a high risk pregnancy. I have a, I have a fibroid, more than one, but I have one pretty large fibroid that has been growing as my baby has been growing and causing like, you know, a little bit of, that's a bit of concern. It's not like something to panic about, but it's something to monitor. So, you know, we found an incredible OBGYN. We're in a high, you know, a maternal fetal medicine specialist. So I'm working with someone who like deals with high risk pregnancies, but is not hysterical. And, um, and for us, it was important that we do, and like, this is a suggestion I'll give to people that we did a lot of genetic testing early on. Um, it gave me a lot of peace of mind. We did a CVS, which is a relatively invasive procedure, but not really. And we did it at a facility in New York that ha- that has does thousands of these procedures a year. It was, I felt safe the entire time. And we, for us, that peace of mind really helped me be able to stay focused and, and enjoy my pregnancy, you know, instead of being in a state of constant, like panic and fear about what was coming. So those are like, those are my little suggestions. Um, I also ate a lot of bagels in the first trimester. <laughs> a bagel a day. I mean, a keep a day. just one. I can tell you, I, I, I was I was kind of I was kind of angry about being pregnant with Adia and not being in New York City and missing out on the New York bagel because I had a bagel a day as well from Panzers off oh, of yeah. High I'm Street. Nah, not I'm as very good. sorry. I was having delicious bagels and I would like I would plan them out. I'd be like, oh, today oh. Like, I'm going to take a little bit of a further walk and go to this other bagel store. And, you know, I really just like was my was my treat to myself. Um, Can I tell you one small story about a bagel? Because this is so true. And I, I, I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm just going to tell you. So 
when I found out I was pregnant and we, we told my, um, my mom and my, my in-laws and we didn't tell anyone else. And we had a doctor's appointment and whatever. I went to this shop that was called Avocado and it was on Great Portland Street near the Define Studio at the time. And um, I walked in there and these two guys, they worked there every day. I didn't really know their names, but it, I just, they made me smile. They didn't quite know what was going on behind the counter, like whatever. And I was like, yeah, I want a bagel with cream cheese. So he presents it to me and I was like, no, 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 no. I need you to like really let that bagel have it with the cream cheese. Like I want like like a lot. He looked at me and he was like, don't you teach fitness? And I was like, I need more. I need more cream cheese. And I gave it back. So he brought it again. I was like, okay, listen, I am pregnant. No one else knows, but you two now. So I need more cream cheese on the bagel now. And they were like red face, red face. That was it. Done. Got my bagel. And that and that was it. I went there all the time after that. I love that. There it was weird. It's really weird the ways like there are certain people, like there's something really liberating about telling like kind of a stranger. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like I don't know. I told a good like 15, 20 strangers before yeah, it was like. You could tell your loved ones. You know, I got like a facial and I was like, I'm pregnant, so I can't use any of those products or whatever. Like there was something yeah. really, you want to talk about it. You want to like, it, it's, it's such a, I mean, it is so, um, it's so magical. And it continues to be like changing, you know, the, the baby now is in a position where, um, she spends a lot of time kicking my ribs and I <laughs> love it. You know, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's uncomfortable right now where she's like digging into my, my right rib right here. But like, it's, there's something so magical of this whole thing that, you know, however many months ago she was the size of a tiny little poppy seed. And now she's as big as a pineapple and she's done this all herself really. You know what I mean? I'm helping her by like carrying her and giving her a safe place to be and making sure she has food and energy and sustenance to grow. But this child, like, and it's kind of what you talk about, like she already is a a force of nature, literally. And she's just been creating herself and changing herself. And until I meet her, like, I won't really know what the outcome was of all of this hard work that she's been doing in there, you know, like, you know, at, at one point, um, you, you are an absolute force of nature. So you are <laughs> absolutely bringing, you know, Nikki James 2.0 into the world. And I say, A, get ready. And B, we are all so lucky to be able to watch you and your journey. It's, oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for you. And I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the Busy Mumsy podcast and sharing your time sure. because I know you're busy. But also, um, my goodness, you're you're gonna have a baby so soon. So soon, I can't wait. As soon as she's born, I'll have to you know reintroduce her to you guys. So she doesn't have a name. You're taking suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Thank you so much. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Oh, 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 oh,